Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Book of Psalms. Turn over there with me if you would. The Book of Psalms. We're going to begin a little study tonight. Not so much a, uh, a study of the Book of Psalms as it will be just a study in Psalms. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to select uh, a psalm for each uh, Wednesday night throughout the summer. Okay, we're going to call it Summer in the Psalms. That's original, isn't it? Huh? And tonight I want you to join me in Psalm 121. Can you find your, your way to Psalm 121? Let's read it together, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive right in. Psalm 121. Look at verse 1. Psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. He said, My help cometh from, say it with me, the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot, that word suffer means permit or cause, thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to know that God always has his eye on you and I? He never slumbers. He's, he, he can always be reached. He's always there. Uh, behold, look at verse number four. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Uh, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, as you read that, as I read that, you read along with me, was it not evident that there were certain words that repeated themselves? Right? You know, when you study the Bible, uh, there's, there's the rules of studying the Bible called hermeneutics, Donald. Right? And that's a real fancy way of, it's just, the, it's the art, it's the science of interpreting Scripture. And there's rules, there's laws. And, and here's what we've learned. Every time you find something repeated, it's almost kind of, it's almost kind of like, you know, uh, somebody trying to get your attention and having to repeat it. Like, this is really important. And so every time I study the Bible, uh, my personal study, anytime I see something repeated, uh, over and over, it causes me to pause, you know, and I just do a little bit of reflection and contemplation, and I do a little deeper study. And here in Psalm 121, uh, there are several things that are repeated. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But you know, when you study through the Psalms, it's interesting. You know, Psalms is the largest book in your Bible, correct? How many Psalms are there? There's 150. Now, you're aware of this, right? I'm not going to take anything for granted. You're aware that our Bible in the original writings did not have chapter and verse divisions, correct? You know that, right? They were added, and I'm glad they were, aren't you? 
They were added to help you and I read the Bible, reference the Bible, study the Bible uh, a little easier. And I'm glad they're there. But there's 150 Psalms, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and the largest Psalm uh, is 119. And there are how many verses? Oh, you got real quiet there, didn't you, smart Alex? You look, you peak, Dave. 176. That's pretty. That's pretty. And, and you know this about Psalm 119? We're going to study this out one day. But Psalm 119 is all about the Word of God. And if you study it, I think there's only, I forget how many, Brother Preacher, you might remember this. I think there's only five, six, or seven verses in Psalm 119 that doesn't reference the Word of God in some fashion. Are you aware of that? Uh, so in Psalm 119, you'll find you'll find reference in all but, I think, six verses where it'll, it'll, it'll refer to the Word or statute or precept or commandment, and it's all a reference to the Word of God, you know? And, and it's rich. It's chocked, filled with wonderful truth about the Word of God, you know? But 150 Psalms, and if you were to do a thorough study on the book of Psalms, you'd find that it's divided, it's divided in five different sections. And the reason they say uh, that is, and again, this is not, uh, God didn't inspire it that way, didn't even preserve it that way. It just kind of breaks down that way. They say, they say it's a good correlation, uh, the book of Psalms, five divisions with the Torah. You know what the Torah is? What is the Torah? The first five books of the Bible, right? It's called the Pentateuch or the Torah, right? And it begins with Genesis. I'm not trying to trick you, I promise. You and I get a quiz at the end of this. Genesis, and it goes to Deuteronomy, right? Genesis, let, let's, let's see where we are with this tonight. Genesis. Man, that was good, right? And so just a little, just some things that I think make studying the Scriptures a little more interesting when you understand. Now, if you were to divide up those five sections, like verses Psalm 1 to Psalm 42 is a section, and if you were to read through it, a lot of it is about creation. And that would correlate to the book of Genesis. Isn't that interesting? And it keeps going on like that. However, there are these neat little categories and, and when you study the Psalms, they kind of go in categories. For example, one of the categories of the Psalms would be thanksgiving, right? So there are Psalms of gratitude, Psalm 100, right? Psalm of gratitude, right? I, I, I pray that almost, almost every morning. When I kneel down and pray, uh, I'll, I'll pray, now, Father, to the very best of my ability, I access your throne, and as I come into your presence, I do so with singing. You may not believe this, and it's okay if you don't, but right then, I sing. I really do. You know, I might sing, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all thy worlds, thy hands. That's in my prayer time. All right, because the psalmist said when he entered into his presence, he entered in with singing. And then he entered into his gates with thanksgiving. And so then I get into time where I be just begin to thank the Lord for, and it makes my prayer life, prayer life real, you know? And then uh, courts with praise, right? And so some psalms are broken down in that little category that we would consider a psalm of gratitude. And then there are psalms of praise. 
And then there are psalms called imprecatory. You you know what that is? How many know what an imprecatory psalm is? An imprecatory prayer. Not many. You know why? Because we can't pray imprecatory prayers anymore. You know what an imprecatory prayer is? Psalm 3, 10, 17, 35, imprecatory psalms. That's where David prays that God just really gets even with his enemies. You know? God, give them a taste of their own medicine, man. You know, give them a flat tire and help their refrigerator to blow up and may their hard drive crash. And that's what we would pray. I mean, if we're praying imprecatory prayers, right? You know? Uh, we're, we can't do that because Jesus comes along in the New Testament and he tells us to do what? Pray for them who use you and defraud you and abuse you. And, and he didn't say pray that their wheels fall off their car on the way home from church. You know, he just, right? Imprecatory prayers. And then there are, now get this, there are the ascent psalms. I want you to look at your Bible. And look at Psalm 121. Do you have an inscription above the psalm? What is it? The Song of Degrees. What does that mean? In fact, if you were to look at Psalm 120, what's the inscription? And if you were to go all the way down to Psalm 134, what's the inscription? Psalm of what? Degrees. And so here's a section of Psalms known as the Song of Degrees, or Ascent Psalms. The word degree means to ascend. Are you with me? And so Psalm 120 to 134, that's a section of Psalms known as the Ascent Psalms or the Ascending Psalms. And guess what what happened here? These Psalms were composed to be sung on the way. As the Israelites would journey, you ever been to Israel? I'll tell you what, back, it's not easy to walk now, but back then it had to be, uh, had to be tedious, you know, difficult, because it's dry, rocky terrain, hills everywhere, you know, and for the Israelites, they were commanded to go to Jerusalem several times a year. You know that, right? Huh? In fact, all the, all the feast days, Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, all these days the Israelites would have to ascend to Jerusalem. So why ascend to Jerusalem? Well, if you do a study geographically, you'll find out that Jerusalem is 2,800 feet above sea level. And so no matter where you are uh, leaving from to go to, it's uphill, you know? And so, here's what would happen. The Israelites, as they would journey to Jerusalem, going uphill, they would sing these psalms. They're ascent psalms. Psalm 120 through 134, ascent psalms. And and what, what they're doing is, they are, now get this, they are ascending into the presence of the Lord. Isn't that neat? It just so happens, David, you know, David is ascribed to about 73 of these psalms, but he didn't write them all. You know that, right? David didn't write all the psalms. Some of the psalms were written by Moses. Did you ever read Psalm 106? Psalm 106 is a great psalm, and one of my favorite verses in Psalm 106, and I forget the number, but it talks about how God, if it was not for Moses standing in the gap, standing in the breach, 
God said I would have destroyed Israel. Think about that for a second. Let that, let that sink in for a second. Had it not been for Moses standing in the breach, huh? if it had not been for Moses saying, please, kind of like Abraham and Lot, remember? If there be ten righteous people, got it all the way down to Moses standing in the breach saying, I, I know they're a mess. I know they're driving you crazy. I know they just keep, but please remember mercy. Huh? You read that in the book of Psalms. And you know what I do? Joe, sometimes I pray that for, 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 for our nation. You know? Hey, look here. Back, back when uh, one of that, what was that president's name? Trump? You remember how we got on our face because we didn't want the alternative? And after we got our president, we just said, man, we take the next four years off, and now look at us. Huh? God always gives a people, a nation, the leadership it deserves. You read the scriptures, you'll find out that's true. So here's, here's the psalmist. He's recording, he's composing these psalms, and they would sing them. Did you ever sing the psalms? Huh? We're going to get into a few down the road here. We'll, we'll sing them together. It's a good, really good way to memorize them. But they would sing these psalms as they journeyed along the way. Psalm 120 begins, and here's what happens. Now pay attention. In Psalm 120, look at it. Verse 1, in my distress, he said, I, I cried. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. And here's the best part. Say it with me. And he heard me. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, if we just took each verse on the surface and dug in, we would need the rest of the week just to get through this psalm. Right? Because think about this just for a second. In my distress, here is the, the sweet psalmist of Israel, David. David, a man after God's own heart, in a state of of being distressed. You know what distress is? Distress is stress on steroids. Huh? Have you, did, you ever, did you ever have stress in your life? You know? Well, I'll tell you something, every once in a while, it, it kind of like somebody stokes it up a little bit, now it's distress. Huh? Here's the psalmist, David, a man after God's own heart, in distress, and the Bible says he cried out unto the Lord. Look here. If a man after God's own heart finds himself in situations like that, don't be embarrassed if you find yourself in situations like that. Best thing to do, acknowledge it. Best place to take it, <laughs> to the Lord. Isn't that right? And so in Psalm 1, uh, 120, again, an ascent psalm, right? The psalmist is in distress. He's crying out to God. But look at Psalm 121. It says in verse number one, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. Huh? Let me just jump to the chase. He didn't stay in that state of being distressed. Why? Because he was trusting his God. Now listen to this class. If you're going to pray unto God, you must first trust God. Huh? Did you, ever, did, you ever, did, you ever, did you ever get to that place where something's going on in your life? And, and I mean to tell you, you got your list of phone numbers and people you're going to call, right? 
And then, at the same time, you're going to put a call into God because he's got a phone number, doesn't he, Jeremiah 333? Right? You're going to let him in on it. But just in case, just in case I'm not in favor, I better call Dave, Shay, Carol, and Pat. That's really not trust. I mean, it seems so basic, doesn't it? Just trust God. And we say we do, but do we really trust God? See, trusting God, now pay attention right here. Trusting God is more than just the belief. Trusting God is a dependence. Trusting God is an acknowledgement. What am I I acknowledging? I'm acknowledging this. When I cry out to God, when I pray, my acknowledgement is God's got this. It's kind of like, I'm just going to sell out. It's in his hands. Are you with me? Huh? You've heard me say this before, I think. I like to say it because it's just true. It's just the truth. My knee-jerk reaction toward things, my my knee-jerk reaction isn't, we better pray about that. My knee-jerk reaction is, man, what are we going to do now? Go ahead and judge me. But some of you are just that way. Eventually, John, right? John, eventually I get to, let's just take it to the Lord, but my knee-jerk reaction is, what are we going to do now? I can't believe that. What a, why me? Why now? Why not him? Huh? Right? But I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm a quick learner because I get to that we better pray about this in a hurry. Are you with me? But not all of us. Not all of us. It's easy to say we trust God, but are we really trusting God? It's another question, isn't it? I mean, sink or swim, it's got to be in his hands, right? That's what you find here in this text. And, and, And if we're honest, I think we all need help at times. And at times, a little help from our friends doesn't help. We need more than that. We need divine assistance. And that's what the psalmist is crying out for here in this text. You know, the path is not always clearly defined, and it's not always smooth, right? And and during those times, that's when we just need to make sure we're trusting God. Now, let me point out just a couple of things here. Time's already evaporating. Let me point out a couple of things here that the psalmist points out. In verses 1 and 2, remember we talked about these repeated words. Look at the repeated word, help. Do you say it, verse 1 and 2? I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Now, let me point this out. It's very evident, very obvious, but let me point it out. The psalmist here, in talking about help, refers to God as being, look look in verse number 2, the Lord which made heaven and earth. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. Who's he crying to? He's crying out to the one. He's trusting in the one who has created the heaven and the earth. Did you get that? Huh? Look here. The God that we place our trust in isn't made with hands. He made our hands. The God that we put our trust in 
doesn't change with every contrary wind. He made the wind. He is the creator of heaven and earth. And so the psalmist is trying to put things in perspective here and just causing us to realize the one that we are trusting in, you know, is the very one who can take care of whatever it is we need taken care of. And so here in this text, he makes a declaration, first and foremost, that God is our helper. He's our helper. Aren't you glad he's our helper? Huh? Aren't you glad that he, he's just there for us? And during our most difficult times, I mean, he just shows up. I was talking to somebody yesterday or the day before, and I don't even think they were saved. And they, were, they referred to God as, as sometimes, you know, sometimes God is late. So no, 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 no. He's never late. He's seldom early, but never late. He's always right on time. God has perfect timing, doesn't he? Huh? And that's what the psalmist is trying to hint to here in, in, this, great, in this great text. He is our helper. But let, let's move on because we're running out of time. Verse 3, he says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Look at this next word. He that keepeth, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Look at it again, verse 4. He that keepeth, again, repeat it, right? Verse 3, verse 4, look at verse 5. The Lord is thy, he's thy keeper. He's thy keeper. Guys, are you up there? Okay, I know, I know you're not, I wish I had the clicker so I can do this myself. But go ahead, and, go ahead and move down a couple of slides if you would. I'm not the easiest guy to follow. I, oh, you know what, we didn't put him in there, did we? Yeah, we were busy this afternoon. Okay, I wanted to just see a few things, but... This is one of, those, one of those things. It wasn't their fault, my fault. But I'm not easy to follow. And that's why I, I use a, a little remote here because I go back and forth with things, you know. But, but I want you to see a couple things here in, 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 in this text. Look at, if you would, look at the, the word for God here. Look at it. He, do you see it there? It's, it's, it's in capital letters. The Lord. See that? All uppercase. Now, you know that means something, right? You know that means something? All right, so let me ask you this. When you see, when you see, because, you know, God reveals himself to us through his names. Names are important in Scripture, right? So when you see in the Bible, especially Old Testament, the spelling of the name God with, a, with an uppercase G, small, lo, lowercase O-D, or Lord uppercase L, lowercase O-R-D, it's a reference to what? Anybody know? Who? Like, who's talking? Oh, what is it? Devil? No. No. No, uppercase L, lowercase O-R-D. Uppercase G, lowercase O-D. Right? So, God's, now this is important. God's, uh, it's getting there. But there's names for that. For example, God's primary names are Adonai. Did you ever hear that? Elohim and Jehovah. Right? You said that. Jehovah. Right? So, when you look at Genesis chapter number 1, it says, in the beginning, God. You know how that's spelled? Trust me. Capital G-O-D. Capital G-O-D. O-D. 
lowercase. Adonai, Elohim. You know what Elohim speaks of? Plurality. Plurality. When you get through, brother, brother preacher, you've preached this, I'm sure, before. When you get through chapter number one, right, and, and he talks, begins to talk about man, it says this. And Elohim said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Elohim, plurality, right? And so we understand the names of God describes the character of God to us. But here in this portion, all, when you see Lord or God, all in uppercase letters, it's speaking about Jehovah. Now let me tell you something about the name Jehovah. It is the, it is the supreme name for God, Almighty God. Now, I want you to get this. The psalmist crying out, he's distressed in, 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 in chapter 121. But then in, one, in chapter 120, in chapter 121, he's trusting God. Who's he trusting in? He's trusting in the God who created the heavens and the earth. And he names him as Jehovah, Lord, the almighty God, which means there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing he can't do. Are you with me? Did you see it? And, 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 and when, you, when you really dig into that, it, it, really, it really becomes interesting because honestly what he's saying there in this text of Scripture is this, you know, he's there for you. You know what the Jews would call this, the, the name Yahweh? Yahweh. Somebody said that over there, Yahweh. I had, the, I had a nice slide for you. You have to trust me. I had a nice slide for you. Yahweh. You know what Yahweh is? Yahweh is the name that the Jews use for God that speaks about his faithfulness. And when, they, when the Jew would say Yahweh, they're, they're, just, they're just declaring that God is faithful. God's faithful. Do you know a, an ascetic Jew, an Orthodox Jew, doesn't even write the name of God? You know, it's too holy for them to even write it. You know, Yahweh. Yahweh. We have a verse. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 13. You know what that verse of Scripture says? There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Listen to the next few words. But God is faithful. Just like those Jews would call him Yahweh, because he's faithful, we would say our God is faithful. Key word there in that text is keeper. The Lord is our keeper. You know what that word keeper means? You know what that word implies? It implies a hedge. It's like the Lord hedges us in. Did you ever read the story of Job? Did you ever read Job? In chapter one, amazing. Huh? All of a sudden, in chapter number one, there's a dialogue between God and the devil. And God, it's God who says, Have you considered my servant Job? Right? And God says this about Job He's a man that fears me. And, and he just eschews evil. He hates evil. Loves God, hates evil. Have you considered? And here's what the devil says. The devil says, yeah, I, I've considered him. And in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, here's what he says. He said, I can't get close to him because you put a hedge about his life. You put a hedge about him. Huh? But he said this. He said, if you remove that hedge, I promise you, Job will curse you to your face because he only serves you because you bless him. See, that's what the devil believes about you and I. We're only in this for the blessings. He doesn't believe we just do this because we love him. 
you know? But, but the psalmist says, look here, the Lord is not just your, your helper, he's your protector. He builds a hedge about you. Now, I'm not sure if you do this or not, but let me encourage you here. Did you hear me pray early on? I prayed for the property, and I said, Lord, would you put a hedge about us? Would you hedge this property with your angels? I usually pray this, would you post angels in strategic places? Huh? Doesn't really matter right now what's going on down in the bus garage, but outside over here, there's a bunch of kids playing. Be nothing for some lunatic just come driving on our property, and happens all the time. Huh? You know what I pray every morning of my life, Donald? Every morning of my life, God, would you please place a hedge about my family today? Would you hedge my children? Would you hedge my grandchildren? Would you hedge Donna? Would you hedge me? Because there's a lot of times, and you know, we're just oblivious, right? We just, we live life, and we get out of our car, we go into a store, we go here, we, and we're just not aware. God, would you please hedge us? I believe in hedges. I hope you believe in hedges. You know, and if we were to talk about hedges, the Bible teaches this, if you break through a hedge, a serpent will bite you. And so when God puts a hedge about you, it's really important for you to stay inside that hedge because there's no protection outside the hedge. Are you with me? And so the psalmist talks here about God as being our helper, our protector, and then finally our sustainer. Look in verse 7 and verse number 8 and we'll finish. Again, here's a repeated word. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall, again, preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. See that word preserve? Another word we would use would be sustain. The Lord will sustain you. I like that. He broadens the scope here. I like, you ever seen that song, His Eye is on the Sparrow? And I know he watches me. Think about the words. Why should I feel discouraged? His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. As a result, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm For his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Amen? But if you look at that word preserve, here's what you'd find. It means this. Here's what it means. It means to look narrowly. To look narrowly. In other words, here's what he's saying. God doesn't miss a detail when it comes to your life. Look at it. Look at it again. The Lord shall preserve thee. Look here. He looks narrowly at you. He doesn't miss a thing when it comes to your life. Isn't that good? Did you ever read Psalm 139? I can't close without commenting. Look, 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 look what it says in Psalm 139, and I'll finish. Psalm 139, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thought of fall. I don't even understand my thoughts, but he does. Right? Thou compassest my path, my lying down. And art, art acquainted all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset uh, me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't attain unto it. 
Verse 7, whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Huh? You know what he's saying? Here's what Solomon is saying. There's nowhere that you're not. So wherever I am, there you are. He's already there. Hello? Next step, he's already there. Next trial, he's already there. Next difficulty, he's already there. When the doctor says, it's a tumor, he's already there. When the banker says, "Mm, it bounced, he's already there. Hello? Why? Tell you why. Because he knows everything about you and I. And all we really have to do is trust him. Trust him. I was going to flash up on the screen the words to the song, to the, the words to the hymn, Trust and Obey. I probably don't need to flash those words up for you and I to sing it. Right? Aaron, you got that microphone with you? Here you go. Ready? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. Amen. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other Did you hear that? to be happy in Jesus, but, but to, to trust, trust and obey. No other way. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Amen? And that's all we need, just trust Him. Psalm 121 is all about trusting God. And so the question would be, are we, are we trusting Him? Are we trusting Him? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for the guidance and direction that You give to us. We thank You for the revelation of it. We just ask You to help us as we go through life to ascend into Your presence by kneeling upon our knee, obeying in our life, following Your Word, doing what you call us to do. As we journey our journey of faith, may we have a song in our heart, a snap in our step, smile in our face, and a trust in our life, knowing that you're there. You never leave, you'll never forsake. Every step we take, you've ordained, and you're already there waiting for us to take it. Pray that you'll take good care of your, 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 your children, those that are going through some difficult times, those that are having trials and troubles, I pray that you'll encourage their hearts tonight. Do be with Les and Judy as they have a funeral to attend tomorrow. Give them grace. Be with that dear family. And then just be with our church family. Give us a great end to the week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. 
If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.